Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Chatdesk. Supercharge your customer experience with Chatdesk, the future of customer support. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Gives, the high-performing donation incentive app for Shopify stores that allows you to move away from costly discounts while supporting the charities of your customers' choice. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Yatpo. Yatpo helps brands create unbeatable SMS experiences. Get 30 days free at yatpo.com slash infinite shelf. Hello, and welcome to Infinite Shelf, the human-centric retail podcast. I'm your host, Ingrid Millman-Cordy, and... Well, we've we've gotten a bunch of episodes out, and I want to welcome Brian and Philip back to come talk about it. Yay! Yeah, yes. we're back. I've always wanted to do like a mid-season catch-up kind of a show. I love it's that we're just to getting to fulfill all of all of your podcast dreams with my podcast. That's true. Like, how jealous have I been? Like listening to Infinite Shelf, I'm like, oh my gosh, how jealous have you been? Very jealous. Very I'm, jealous. I'm, I want to interview those guests. They're cool guests. It's been a great cool format guests. for a show. Ingrid, you're doing an amazing job. You never know that this would be a first season. The quality is just uh, unbelievable. Oh, and, thank uh, you. I'm, I'm personally looking forward. I've missed the last one or two. Uh, I'm looking forward to using this opportunity to catch up, just like the rest of the audience. I want to catch up on what I might have missed in this season. Yeah. the last The last couple have been pretty amazing. I've listened to them a couple of times. My my biggest fan who is my dad, shout out to my to to Sam. Uh yeah. <laughs> his his favorite episode just to kick it off, his favorite episode of all time is the Garrett episode on Amazon. He was just like incredibly blown away, but he was just he has so much good feedback. He actually, do you want to hear the cutest thing in the world? He actually <laughs> listens to the episodes with like a pen and paper and a notepad next to him so that he can like write down some of his like thoughts as he's listening so he doesn't forget when we're talking about it later. That is really cute. (laughs) That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I have the best dad in the whole world. Ingrid's dad, you're amazing. Uh, (laughs) You're a good dad. (laughs) The best. The note he's writing right now is, didn't realize that you were going to just repurpose a bunch of content for this end of the year show. (laughs) (laughs) I've already heard all of this. Well, here's the thing is that I've actually myself listened to them multiple times and I actually would love to hear what you guys think. And and let's just let's get into it. Wait, hold on. What I just heard you say was I've listened to them several times and I have so much that I want to say about them. You should. (laughs) And you should. I think they're additional context, especially a a few days or or weeks after you you have time to sort of marinate on a conversation. I think that that's uh, that's something we don't do enough of. Uh, we can't think in the age of Twitter. We right. we can only react. Yeah, that's and that only I, reacting, no thinking. That's not my jam. I'm a marinator. I love it. Me too. I love it. Well, what's the first uh, clip that we can marinate on? Uh, where should we start? Well, let's go. You know, let's go in time order. Philip, you had you had a you had a pull from the Madison episode, didn't you? Yeah, I thought this one was was really good. Let's jump in and then we can uh, muse on our thoughts. This is uh, Madison Samaritan from the Mata app right? Here we go. And I think that the need for that connection is 
completely far surpasses just what Gen Z expects from brands and services. Um, I think that we all are, are, are aching for that. I think Gen Z has the most raw filter for it because they can mm-hmm. kind of, they grew up like sort of smelling the BS and then also being excited by brands that are, are less bad at, at the, uh, or are less good at the BS. Um, and so I, I think it's universal. Oh, 100%. And like, I think that's why you're really seeing my age group craving this like one-on-one communication with brands. Like, even if you look at like Alistair with Hero, like mm-hmm. they knew people were going to want to digitally talk to a sales associate. There's something about like actually like communicating that makes you feel like closer with the brand too. And so that's really look at like what we're looking at as we move into this new phase of our company. Like, yeah, like we might not walk into Bergdorf's and have the dressing room all set up for us. Like they used to do rumor has it, or they still do for (laughs) some of their clientele, but like we still want some sort of that, like clienteling. Yeah schmoozing, whatever. Democratized clienteling. Like, can we not make it just for those Bergdorf people? Those Bergdorf people. Shout out to those Bergdorf people. How do I become one of those people? I kind of wish that I was. Of the three of us, how many of us have done tea at Bergdorf? I have. That's such a fun thing to do with visitors. I haven't done it. I tried to convince Philip to do it, and he's like, tea? Yeah. <laughs> I've taken my mom to tea at Bergdorf for her birthday. That's uh, fun. What struck me here is it, it reminded me of a conversation that we had in a simpler time, Brian, of the uh, the age of clienteling and how digital can bring clienteling to anyone. Uh, and yet, yet, so many brands don't even bother. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I've been on the clienteling hype train for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Like, add that friction back in, talk to people, get to know them, like, interrupt them, you know, get, get, you know, give them a better sense of who you are, build a relationship, like, Mm. I'm all about it. (laughs) And, and the interesting thing, so thinking far back, we had the three of us, we had Alistair who gets mentioned in this clip on the show, Alistair Crane, who's the CEO of Hero, and he had since they've been bought out by Klarna and why oh, didn't you know, know he's that. yeah he got yeah. bought out by Klarna he's still on and, and working hi hi Alistair we'll see you on season two of Infinite Shelf um but anyway the the whole thing was I think that he has unlocked so much information on the power of activating your store associates with the people that are shopping for your product online and developing that relationship. Um, it's been incredible for so many brands that that they've been working with. Yeah, that's so true. I, I, I think that the store associate is probably one of the most underappreciated assets in all of commerce. <laughs> yeah, definitely the good store. Yes, associate. yes, the good store associate. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Wait, th- I think the 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 problem in my mind is that we don't look at you know the store associate itself could be a channel, right? It's right. it's if you if you saw uh, a client list, uh, you see this actually in certain pro- professional services firms. Uh, you know, a rock star lawyer, uh, or, you know, a really great accountant or, uh, or, you know, I even maybe, maybe even web developers, they have a clientele, they have people they've worked with in the past that if you were to get them, you open up a great 
uh, just a great new channel uh, for new uh, business to come through your doors. Uh, we, we, we discount that in the world of retail now, and it's actually quite sad. I feel like it, 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 it's due for a comeback. Agree. Fully agree. Shout out to the store associate. We, we love you and appreciate you. Mm. <laughs> we see you. We see you. What I loved about this, so I actually pulled a clip that's just you talking in it, was like talking about the discount drug and, and like mm. what that's not. I've written a lot about discounting and pricing and I like I loved what you had to say. Um, and I think it leads to the bigger conversation about like, okay, if we're not going to discount, like, and, and I'm not saying that there isn't a place to do it because there is no doubt. But like, what replaces that? Like, how do we engage customers? And I, I know I thought that conversation with gives about giving as a replacement and how that factors into the into the overall value um, that you provide to your customers and that changes the power structure of the of the transaction. Like, um, anyway, let's get into the clip. <laughs> this is from uh, season one, episode four of Infinite Shelf. What ends up happening is you have this idea, wow, we need to boost sales by X percent. Uh, let's, let's just put a discount in and here are the margins and it actually is okay. But then what happens is you find yourself in that exact day and week in the following fiscal year <laughs> and you're like, huh, I have to anniversary the thing that I did last year or else my numbers are going to get all screwed up. And so it really is this like, heroin of a drug that everyone gets addicted to on the retail side and on e-commerce and everything. And so it's not just like the one time that you do it, you do kind of like get into bed with the, the discount devil eventually. That was like right on point. Like, uh, I, I think that the idea that like you have to do it over and over and that's sort of what makes it a drug is like your yeah. customers expect it and it gets worse and worse. And I think you even talked about this example later where like, you were waiting to make a purchase and it went from like 10% off to 30% off to 70% off. And it's yes. like, yeah. <laughs> nothing worse how than am I that. ever yeah. going to expect to pay full price at that brand ever yeah. again? Well, so you said something interesting in that the customer expects it, which is very true. However, speaking from just like the deep, deep trenches of being in these planning meetings, the sales expect it too. So there's an internal pressure to make sure that you're hitting those same numbers during that same fiscal week the following year. Mm. So it's this double expectation of your finance team and your CFO or whoever you're reporting performance into and the consumer. So it's this like much more complicated web of expectations for discounts. It's like it's like mixing drugs. You're like it's like you've got both of them, the uppers and the downers. <laughs> the straightest person I've ever known, Brian Lang, talking about uh, what it, what what drug addiction is probably true. Is, that yeah. that needs its own podcast. That's <laughs> I think it yeah. does actually. Uh, th there may be a forthcoming insiders piece uh, from our creative director uh, Jesse Tyler, who who may Get be doing a review one. of such a thing. Oh my gosh! Um, yes. Anyway, uh, I love this, love this, love this conversation. I, I feel like, you know, we talk about it a lot. I'm, I'm really interested to hear more about uh, some of the, you know, some of the effects of that in, in future episodes of like, how do you, how do you wean yourself off of it? And how do you sort of like turn the tide? I think those are all things that 
uh, we heard a lot about during this last Black Friday Cyber Monday buildup is like, well, what, supply chain is going to be constrained, so we're not going to see discounts, and that just didn't turn out to be true at all. Totally. Um, maybe maybe not the forty and fifty percent discounts, but we definitely still had discounting. Uh, but anyway, uh, oh, what man. a great episode! Yeah, good that job. Was good. Uh, yeah. Could I pick the next one too? Yeah, go for it. Yes. Uh, okay. So the next one was my favorite episode, so that's why I wanted to do it. So. Um, I I think that uh, so the episode with Fine Mine um, and Michelle was so eye opening to me about how organizations actually accomplish innovation, and or so, don't, or don't, or <laughs> don't exactly. And so, like Michelle, like just an absolute yeah. genius about how to get people on board with things. Uh, innovation is more about relationship than it is about anything else. So uh, let's dive into clips actually well, also from you. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And well, before you, before you dive into the clip, I just wanted to like preface the perspective of this conversation comes from Michelle, who has spent many years on the inside at organizations, but now has spent a lot of her years as a CEO and founder of software. And so she has had so much exposure to inner workings of organizations trying to implement something that is really, really going to help them and just watching themselves either do that efficiently and effectively or do that or not do it at all because of how in, you know, how much red tape there is and and how disempowered their employees are. And so it was such an interesting take. And I, and I, I agree. Michelle's one of the smartest people that I know. Um, go ahead, play the, I just wanted to give the, nice, the good preface context. of, of who, who Michelle was and her pers- pers- perspective. I love that. And I think that speaks to, you know, those of you who are putting together innovation teams or reorganizing, reorganizing innovation teams internally is you need the people that are ears to the ground and open to finding the fine minds of the world, but then also are connected enough and have strong enough internal relationships who can actually make things like this happen. Not just like, oh, it's a great idea. We piloted it and here you go, box up and ready to to use and drop whatever else you're currently doing and, and use this. And no one's going to to fall into that. Everyone's going to, you know, be a little cranky or be a little bit confused and and not have been brought along on the same journey that that innovation team was a part of. And so creating that innovation team that has both the eye on what what is going on technologically, as well as those connections and how to then sort of mobilize, if I'm hearing what you're saying correctly, mobilize a team like yours, your actual find mine sales team to then go and speak to that supply chain manager or go speak to that email manager that's going to be a little bit cranky, but needs to feel like they're a part of this journey. Um, I think that that is probably the best advice I've heard in a really, really long time. Hmm. Yeah, that might be some of the best advice I've heard in a long time too. So uh, it's great Great, just like teasing out of the details there with Michelle Ingrid. Nice job. Thanks. She made it easy. Make connecting with your customers easy. Chatdesk knows how overwhelming it can get to be buried in support tickets from social media, chat, and email. That's why Chatdesk came up with a solution to supercharge your support team with super fans of your brand. 
Chatdesk trains experts to perfectly respond to your brand's voice and policies from day one. Nope, you're not dreaming. With Chatdesk, machine learning and human support come together to transform your support tickets into satisfied customers. Leading companies like Thanks and Shea Moisture use Chatdesk to increase their Facebook and Instagram ad conversion up to 15%. With one click, Chatdesk connects with your existing help desk so you have time to do the rest of your to-do list. And for a limited time, you can get started with Chatdesk for free. Check it out at chatdesk.com slash infinite shelf. We have a, you know, we have a, uh, again, I think when we were talking about uh, channels like one one under leveraged resource in any business is a team that trusts it, each other and and can work together uh, cohesively and has those and we, we call this culture a lot but I think we usually mean it in like the macro sense like a corporate culture but teams have culture right yeah. and this idea that like we can accomplish a lot more together when we don't have to explicitly communicate everything when we all have shared experience and that shared experience helps us to have some shorthand and and uh, and and there's depth there, and that only comes with time and experience and working together, and uh, and that level of trust that you have that everybody executes uh, to the best of their ability. Uh, we we lose that, I think, in in our uh, in our current era in our current environment. I think we we lose that because there's just. Uh, uh, you know, the, the amount of growth that's happened in our industry, uh, the opportunities that are, are uh, cropping up everywhere, people, uh, you know, sort of the gravitational pull to like, to, to go chase something. Uh, and yeah, I think that those things are, uh, yeah, we succeed together. Um, and I think, anyhow. I think also like, uh, you know, agencies, um, they they build out this, this whole world of like uh, becoming trusted advisors of their clients, right? Like that's a whole thing for agencies of building building trust and being able to speak in. And when that when you when you get into that role, like you're you're beyond just like a, you know a consultant or like someone yes. that's like giving advice or you know giving tips or whatever. Like you actually care about the other people on the other side and you're yes. working towards their good and you're doing your best to do that. And so being able to do that within an org, I think it's the same thing. Like you want everyone that's in that org to know that you genuinely care about their success and Definitely. their goals and the things that they care about. And Definitely. that is how you get things done. <laughs> and and from the inside, so like every, people have probably heard me on my soapbox about this a lot, but I think it's worth repeating is that whenever I hire an agency, whether they're a dev agency or a media agency or creative agency, whenever I hire an agency, I treat them as though they are full-time employees of the brand. I give them their own, you know, access to our Slack channels and I fully, fully integrate them. And I find that that is literally the only way to have a really successful, fully embedded partnership with an agency where they Mm -hmm. just feel like they're part of the, the brand. And the great thing is now, like with one of the agencies that I brought in at noon, hydration, our CEO and people who are not even like on my immediate team talk about them in public forums. Like, oh, the agency did X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, they're they're doing this now, and I'm like, wow, you know, they, you know, that that co- that combination and that integration is successful when people outside of your team are talking about what that agency is doing at the company. Awesome. 
another friend of ours, uh, Alex Greifeld, would say, uh, and don't do anything of the nature if you can't hold out test it, uh, because you never know, uh, you never know uh, if those results can be trusted, uh, if they're influenced by right. other, by other, you know, external factors, you, you kind of have to test things in isolation, very few people are willing to do that. Because yeah. nobody wants to, uh, you know, take a step back to take three steps forward. And that's, uh, it's a shame. That's um, true. Alex is so <laughs> smart. Hi, Alex. Hi. All right. Uh, what do we have next? Uh, okay. Well, next is a conversation that I had with Garrett, who is one of the smartest people I know also. Um, been, man, we really have had some great guests on this season. I'm jealous. Uh, I'm jealous. So good. So good. Garrett is brilliant. And he is what I think he's he's the Amazon whisperer, and what he does is partner with companies to help them understand what the opportunities are on Amazon. And because they've developed a lot of these proprietary tools to be able to analyze Amazon businesses, they also actually help run Amazon businesses, which is what they do with us at at noon. Um, but so yeah, the clip from Garrett. Do you want to just go ahead and play it, and we can chat through it? And and as usual, because uh, uh, we're such fans, uh, you have such a great way of setting up this part of the conversation. So it starts with you here. Here we go. Rule number one, two, and three in any type of consumer facing business is please don't assume that your consumer is stupid. And (laughs) (laughs) just like, if, if you're going to change the actual quality of either the ingredient or the item, or even just the shipping experience and all of that, just the whole lesson that we've even observed from Amazon is when you are singularly focused on the consumer experience, that is pretty much the key ingredient in a recipe for success. And so that's that's just a good lesson, I think, that applies broadly. But I love that that's a component in your analysis for determining whether a brand is is going to continue growing or or is is having a tougher time. Yeah, I think we've codified out um, over a thousand different kind of data points um, that can be just pulled from raw data, right? And then there's also taking a look with an analytical lens of what trends have been happening. So, you know, seeing a review count drop, that makes a ton of sense. And that's that's just straight data, numbers, and bullets. Um, there's Data, numbers, and bullets. There's that part. But there's the uh, the other side. There's the emotional part and the emotional connection. And it's got to be good products, right? That's the other thing I think we all always miss. Mm-hmm. For every for every twenty great marketing uh, interactions, like they they're only meaningful if you have a great product at the end. Um, Ingrid, totally. always always great uh, hearing you sort of uh, lend your expertise in the context of another conversation. And just call it like it is. <laughs> That was funny. Ain't that the truth? Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Yachtpo. In just 30 days, you can recover more abandoned carts, win back more shoppers, and deepen customer relationships. Yachtpo SMS Bump gives more than 4,000 brands the tools they need to craft unbeatable SMS experiences for today's mobile customers. Get started for free with the best kept secret in e-commerce at yachtpo.com slash infinite shelf. Want to get away from costly discounts and the race to the bottom? Are you tired of trying to figure out how to weave social impact into genuine and authentic ways on your site? Gives has the perfect alternative 
donation incentives have time and time again outperformed traditional discounts. Merchants using Gives see a 90% increase in website conversion and a 20% increase in average order value. Head to gives.com slash infinite shelf and get your first three months free. That's Gives with a Z. G-I-V-Z dot com slash infinite shelf. Okay, the next the next episode is one that it did what I hope almost any piece of content that I either create or consume does, which is spark intellectual curiosity and just trying to think about things even more and just kind of going back to that initial thing that we talked about in this episode, which is, you know, there's no time, there's no time to to think and we just have to go and create and consume and react. And I think you're right. There's so much uh, emphasis on creation and new in our current environment, but that's kind of opposite to how, how I operate within the world. I'm much more of a marinator and after having published this and having had the conversation, this major light bulb came up for me around crypto and blockchain and Web3, and I just completely fell down the rabbit hole. So, you know, I'm less than probably two weeks from having had this conversation, and I've already like fully red-pilled my way into... <laughs> <laughs> In this clip, we are talking about how people exist within the blockchain or metaverse or Web3 environment, as opposed to in real in the real world or the physical world. So yeah, here you go. While at the same time, the things that are driving it, which is a sense of self-expression, community, wanting to feel like you can belong or wanting to represent who you are, whether that's through showing how cool you are in knowing which NFT artist you're going to buy something from or how maybe rich you are because you're able to spend this much money on this thing that is clearly very expensive. Um, It's all grounded in such human emotion and so many things that just drive our frankly, like still ape brains, (laughs) but now we've been able to find and design and develop this thing that feels very out of this world, but all the things that we want to do in it are still so incredibly like caveman like. Totally. Yeah. It all comes just back to human behavior, right? Like that's really what drives anything, whether it's tech or cultural or anything. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's the same core, you know, wants and needs probably nothing there i knew you were going to say that i just knew it <laughs> <laughs> probably. gm uh gm gm let me ask you this ingrid in the two weeks that in the intervening two weeks what was your sort of gut reaction six months ago to all of this let's call it nonsense but i'm i'm absolutely as red-pilled as you are maybe maybe uh i'm i've actually maybe i've come back to purple pill a little bit hmm. but um I do think that this is the future. I do think we're extremely early. And so everything looks like an opportunity, which feels very exciting. But I'm curious where you were six months ago to where you are now uh, in this whole world of crypto. Yes. So I was six months ago. So I I actually owned crypto six months ago. I I owned crypto. I bought it back when it went in like bull in, what was it, 20... 
15 or something like that. So that was when I initially just kind of was like, oh, like I have, I'm going to, I'm willing to lose this much money in learning about this, right? So that was kind of the impetus. It wasn't like, oh my God, everyone's getting rich and I have to get rich around it. It was definitely fueled by curiosity and what better incentive to continue on that curiosity path than to put your own money into it. So I I put in a, a, a enough money that it was interesting, but not enough that it was, I wasn't willing to lose it. Right. And so here I am at the casino, the crypto casino. And then I kind of forgot about it. And every like once a year, once every six months or so, I'd like check my coin base and, and figure out what that, what that had accumulated to whatever. And then I had listened to a few podcasts from probably like Scott Galloway around just the metaverse. And, you know, it was this year when, when Facebook turned into meta and I was just, and we, you know, anyone who is tangentially even involved in technology was kind of brought along for this conversation. So that definitely sparked my curiosity. And so I started learning a little bit more about, okay, what, what is blockchain and how, how is it verified and, and how is it different than, you know, the ordinary way that the internet works currently, like Web 2.0. So that was kind of where I went. I was definitely, I'm predisposed to being interested in technology. I also work in technology. I've been in technology my whole life. And had the conversation with Michael. He's so incredibly smart. There was like another 45 minutes of conversation that we had after the recording where I was like, God damn it. I wish this was recording. This is so good. But so this, anyway. co- this conversation is actually like kind of what tipped you this go around? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, wow. this conversation was so eye-opening for me because it sparked all of these things that I'm just genuinely interested in. So those things are just human behavior and and the way that what what triggers us what inspires us how we create value around things how we connect with other humans you know that's the whole reason why we have the human centric retail podcast cuz i'm in retail but i really care about the human experience it also i'm an economics person i love the way that human behavior impacts and changes you know value of things and currency and mac- the macro landscape of what this can all mean. So it was just super, super interesting. And then the other piece is the technology piece. And I was talking about this with my husband, actually. And it reminded me of like early, early internet days and how I would just spend an embarrassing amount of hours in front of a computer, just like trying to figure out, like taught myself HTML code just so I can have like the coolest AOL profile. And just that like really, really exciting curiosity, red like red pill of meeting people that are like-minded online and never having met them in person, never planning to meet them in person, but just creating these connections and friendships with people online is this is now like the adult me version going through that exact same experience. And it's super, super interesting and fun. And nostalgic, apparently. And nostalgic. In, in a really weird way, yes. That's interesting. Deeply nostalgic. That's that's so fascinating, actually, to to hear you say it that way because it is it's nostalgic for me too, and it feels like there's this opportunity again in our lifetimes to see something uh, completely transformational happen all at one time, right? Like, and yeah. and to now appreciate it from the perspective of well, now I have you know. 
uh, it feels like an eon ago, right? 10, 15, 20 years ago, it feels like, it, you know, like almost a dream. Oh, now I get to be lucid for this dream, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? Oh, that's a good it's, way to put it. It really is. And and that's such a an interesting, like, almost a, 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 I would say like a sociological, like, perspective to say, oh, look at how my own perspective is shifting. Like I'm watching myself and the way I take this in, the way I react to it. I find that to be the most fascinating of all is how not just me, but in, in the people around me, how they're coming around to uh, becoming amenable to, you know, the idea that monkey pictures might, you know, have some bearing on our future. Uh, but anyway, Brian, you had some final thoughts. I think you wanted to inter interject. Not really. Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> Brian is so not into this. No, no, no. I I am into it. I just haven't explored it as far as probably either of you at this point. Uh, I I I think it's interesting. I think Ingrid, you've nailed something here. There is like a very human element to this. Like it's. This is this is more than just a technology thing. This is a cultural thing. This is like a, it's a like we want to engage in new ways of doing things, sort of thing. It's yes. people want to get on board with like something that's new and interesting. Like it, the internet's been kind of the same for a while. Like it's, <laughs> and it has so much more potential, and we're looking for ways to find that potential and. And so, you know, the web three, like the, all of the stuff, you know, ETH and, and board apes and all of this stuff is like, it's interesting. It's well, interesting. That it is. And you bring up a really good point that is actually, I'm going to combine Philip's observation and yours into, I think another thing that I've, I've witnessed here is the same individual experience that I am having in creating a new, more lucid experience of something I've had in the past and, and taking the things that I've learned and experienced into this new world. I think we are collectively as a society doing that with capitalism and government and centralized banks and financial systems and it all just was developed in real time where it was like, okay, so we're we're going to have a currency and now we're going to create, you know, or we're going to create countries and we're going to have currencies and then we're going to create banks and then we're going to create the Fed and then we're going, you know, and, and we've, we've stacked all of these things into our ex collective world experience. And now we're in this place where we actually have with this new internet or this new existence, frankly, like this new universe where we can actually take collectively those lessons and that history and what worked really, really well and what actually didn't work so well, and at least try to collectively create something much more lucid than we did the first time around. And that, I think, is both on the individual experience level and collectively as a human society. Wow. Whoa. Shoot. Deep. Uh, that, that like even supersedes the point I was going to make, I think, which was <laughs> that like Pascal said that everything happens because people can't stand being bored. Like literally <laughs> everything happens because people can't stand being bored. And yeah. so by the time by the time we, when we kind of cycle through technology, 
and we've done it in long enough, we have to do something new. We have to. We literally cannot even. What's, what's cannot it? even. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think that, that Web3 is basically us saying we can't even with the internet. Like, it's, 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 been, it's, it's become a drag. Shopping on Amazon yes. is a drag. Everything has been a drag lately <laughs> on the internet. And this is exciting. <laughs> yeah. We just need something with all the new, all the bullshit. We need something fun and exciting. And hey, if we can change the world while we're at it, then why not? Let's do why it. Why not? Exactly. Well, as a means of excitement and your to celebrate your new foray, your entrance into uh, Web3 and, and all things crypto, um, you don't own an NFT yet, but you do have an ENS address, which I found by stalking your Twitter. You're finally following me like five years later, but that's all I did. <laughs> Um, my dormant Twitter. <laughs> it took you five years to follow. It's fine. I'm not. I'm not upset about it. Uh, I am sending you your very first NFT right now. Um, Yay! It's it's a pirate dude. It's a. <laughs> it's I'm so a, excited. Can I make it my Twitter profile so that I can? You I can could. I mean, it's, he's he's kind of ugly. I. It's that's your prerogative. Um, I am spending fifteen dollars in gas to send this to you right now. So I hope you're. Uh, Merry Christmas and many happy returns. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Absolutely. I, now I just have to figure out how to accept it and then we're good. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of uh, of this new web is that you don't get to accept anything. It just shows up and now you've got a bunch of spam sitting in your, uh, it's a, just a new, that's a, what, that's every new technology. It's just a new way to spam people. Yeah. Also yeah. true. How also hopeful. true. Oh, I How like that. Philip. The only reason techno- technological progress happens is so that people can spam For cold people. Outreach. Yes. Oh, that's what's going on. Web three. We can't that's do not it. The oh human, no, that's, that's true. We've built up retail. too many filters at this point. It's all about the spam. Let's find yeah. a new way to do it. I love it. We need new filters. That's I, what we need. Uh, but I think you're gonna. I really enjoy this guy, I, Brian. I think you have to go. I think I you're gonna enjoy this little pirate dude. Uh, I'd love to see you. <laughs> you can make it your your Twitter uh, avatar. Let's see what happens. I don't know. Perfect. Perfect. Um, well, I'm I'm really excited. We're not done with the first season yet. Season two is going to be really exciting. Uh-huh. Um, I don't. We don't. We we're not. I'm not even going to tease it here. You got to listen to the last episode of the first season. Yeah. First. Um. But yeah, thank you so much. This has been super super fun. And happy holidays, everyone. Yeah. Same to you. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs>